are in a series we are calling what? Oh, come on, what? That's right. We live in a culture that many, many, many relationships are needing some critical care. Uh, and uh, so we are talking about relationships because it's one thing the scripture talks so much about. I don't know if you realize it, cover to cover, the entire Bible is about relationships. Oh, come on. All of it. Relationships with each other, kingdoms, relationships with other kingdoms, our relationship with God. Amen? Our relationship with Jesus. That's the entire Bible. So relationships are critically important. I just want to encourage you, if you were not here last week, I, I just want to say, I just kind of felt like I, I, I stepped back and the Holy Spirit spoke last week and I walked away going, God, you did that and it was amazing. And there's been probably more conversations that I have heard from last week um, and I just want to encourage you just go back and watch it. I don't have time to re-preach it all today. I couldn't re-preach it because God did stuff that wasn't in my notes. Isn't that cool? Uh, and so, so go back as we talked about the names that get written on our heart and then how we make decisions and use those names as a filter for relationships. Um, now, I do want to say this. Guys, you never take notes, and I get it because I'm not a note taker. I'm one of those guys, anybody understand, I'm one of those guys that, that I can listen or I can take notes, but I can't do both. Anybody else, you feel my pain, right? All right, if you're not taking notes, guys, make sure somebody by you is taking notes and going to give you the notes when we're done. Deal? Oh, that was weak. Because <laughs> you cannot convince me that you will remember. <laughs> I so often say, you know, we talk, I was like, yeah, remember I said that last week? And you look at me with this blank stare like, really? You said that? Yeah. Um, so, so, guys, ladies, if you normally do not take notes, make sure you have notes. They're back there. If you didn't get them, go get them and make sure you do. Because today, we are talking about conflict resolution. <laughs> Woohoo! Everybody go, Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, we are. Um, <laughs> And here's the thing, the reason last week is so important is if we have the wrong things written on our heart, <laughs> the wrong thing coming out of our mouth, <laughs> right? And that can cause conflicts, right? It can cause things that aren't good. But, but I want to I wanna say this, that that I am convinced 
All right? Every good, everybody say good. Every good relationship will have conflicts. Oh, come on. Every good relationship. Conflict can be a good thing. You're like, really? really? Yeah. The thing that dictates whether conflict is good or bad, I mean, Jesus even said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. So, so the thing that makes conflict good or bad, how many of you would agree, is how I deal with it. <laughs> right? Right? Conflict's not a bad thing. But it can create some bad things. Anybody ever been there? Right? Right? It just, it just can. All right? So conflict is not, conflict happens in the best relationships, and it can be a great thing for the relationship if you deal with it God's way. Right? Are y'all hearing me? So I'm going to remind you of something that I did an entire message on a while back, actually maybe even a couple years ago, but I just want to remind you to set the tone for what we're talking about today. And I want to ask this question. If you remember this, don't say it out loud. Just kind of hold it to yourself because we're going to walk through it. But here it is. Where do conflicts come from? Where do conflicts come from? And some of you like, just like Adam, you're like, it's that woman you gave me. Right, right? And some of you ladies are like, well, the conflict comes from that man you gave me. You know? Some of you, you're like, it's that friend. If they weren't so stubborn, come on. Right? Right? Oh, come on. Right? I, I, I mean, it's that kid. And, and the thing that drives you nuts is you see them, you see you in them. Come on, somebody say, oh me, right? <laughs> they drop you nuts, and then you look in the mirror and go, oh, they're like me. You know, it's like, <laughs> uh. So where do conflicts come from? Some of you say, well, it's, it's the devil. The devil is where conflict, conflicts come from. That's where they come. And... Uh, and, and you know what? Some might say, well, the devil is just trying to tear us apart. And that may be true. The devil may be using conflicts, problems, fights, arguments to tear you apart. But that's not the source. Like, really? It's not the devil? No, let's, let's look at this. James, James actually explains it a little bit. And he says it like this. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your, what? Desires that battle within you. You desire, but you do not. Oh, come on. Y'all aren't playing along. All right. You desire, but you do not have. So you kill. You covet. But you, everybody say this with me, cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight 
you do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive from God because you ask with, everybody say, wrong motives. God, if you would just fix them. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Hmm. So, we're going to set the foundation for the day with this. I actually have a friend who goes to this church. He made a bumper sticker out of this last time I talked about it. But here it is. Where do fights and quarrels? Why do we argue? Why do we fight? The problem is I'm not getting what I want. <laughs> have you ever thought about that? Every single fight. Every single argument, every single conflict, the problem is, and what causes those are, I'm not getting what I want. Okay, so we're going to practice. We're going to practice. Everybody say this with me. If somebody beside you is not repeating this, I want you to yell their name real loud at the end. All right? Are you ready? Are you ready? Everybody together. The problem is I'm not getting what I want. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Let's say it one more time. Let's say it one more time. <laughs> ready? Go. The problem is I'm not getting what I want. That's the problem. And here's the thing. What you want may be good. It may be right. It may be what's supposed to be. But before we argue about it, we just need to settle the fact that it's what I want. It may be right, and that's good. How many of you know there are some fights and quarrels that you should have. But even those that I should have, I need to go into it going, okay, <laughs> are my motives, remember he mentioned that, are my motives pure? Are my motives right? Do I truly want what is best, or do I just want to be right? Come on. Because you can be right and be really wrong at the same time. You can. Because the problem is, I, I'm, I'm not getting what I want, and that bothers me. And it's okay if it bothers you. You just got to own it. Are y'all hearing me? You just got to own it. That, 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 the, it. The reason that bothers me is it's not what I want. It's not what I want. And, and so how do we deal with things, you know, that are difficult, that maybe even need to be dealt with, things that we need to talk about, you know, when we understand from the foundation, it's just, it's, I, I'm just not, the problem is I'm not getting what I want. 
And many times for me, this may be a surprise to you, but many times for me, when I walk into it going, the problem is here, I, I'm not getting what I want. When I say that to myself, you're like, you really do that? Yeah. Nine times out of ten, I go, okay, what I want is pretty selfish and childish. And it's probably not worth the argument. Are y'all hearing me? And it kind of stops me in my tracks and go, okay, yeah. I, I, I mean, and then other times it's like, no, this is important. We need to talk about this. All right? We need to talk about this. This is, this is important. All right, so we're going to look at a couple of scriptures, one in the New Testament, one in the Old Testament, and we are going to learn how to walk through arguments, conflicts, and what to do so that God is honored in our conflicts. Are y'all ready? Are you really? All right, all right, then let's, uh, let's look at this very familiar scripture and we're going to break it down. Be angry. And do not sin, and do not let the sun go down on your wrath, on your anger. Be angry. Everybody say, be angry. Did you know there's nothing wrong with being angry? Be angry. Be angry. There's certain things it's worth getting upset about. But I want to say this, and I want you to write this down because it's so important. Extraordinary relationships have healthy conflicts. Extraordinary relationships have healthy conflicts. You can be angry and it be a good thing, even for the relationship. And you don't hear that much. You definitely don't see that much. I talk, anybody else talk to the TV? And tell them what idiots they are? Right? Come on, anybody besides me. You know, my, my wife laughs at me all the time because I'm constantly giving them commentary. Like, don't you see what an idiot you are? You know, especially when it comes to relationships. Because every show, they just kind of blow it up. You know, and I'm like, no, extraordinary relationships can have what kind of conflicts? Healthy. Healthy. Anger is not the problem. Being upset's not the problem. Conflicts with your siblings, your friends, in your marriage. Let's face it, you spend enough time with anybody, they're eventually going to rub you the wrong way. Oh, come on. Some of you sitting there going, no, baby, everything perfect. <laughs> you, are you are lying. You are lying. You know? <laughs> I used to, when we first got married, we were in, I mean, we were in newlywed heaven. And I, I had lived on a motorcycle. I was a slob, and my wife, we had this burnt orange shag carpet. You know, y'all remember? You know, and she would... And I would walk in the door throwing things all over, walk around because I can't stand still. And all she could see was my footprints on her fresh carpet, right? 
because you could see every footprint in that burnt orange shag carpet. There will be conflicts, y'all. <laughs> in the best. But they can be healthy. They can be. It says, be angry, but don't what? Don't sin. Don't sin against them in your anger. Don't sin against God in your anger. Matter of fact, write this down. Healthy conflict is safe. Everybody say safe. Healthy conflict is safe. Safe, healthy conflict. There is no screaming, yelling. There's never physical anything. There's no pushing, shoving, hitting. In a healthy conflict that's safe, there is no threatening. There is no lashing out, going, I hate you, I never want to see you again. There's never using divorce as a threat. Amen. Come on, y'all. Healthy conflict is what? Everybody say, it's safe. It is safe. Healthy conflict is not an attack on the person. Healthy conflict is addressing an issue. Y'all may need to write that down. Healthy conflict is focused on the issue, not the person. Are y'all hearing me? All right. That's healthy. It's good and and because it's going to be safe stay away from the absolute of always and never stay away from the absolute you always you never i say this all the time but the truth is if they always and they never you would have never gotten a relationship with them Come on, <laughs> try it, Sam. That's always, always. Uh, come on, am I, am I right? Right, so stay away from the absolutes because when you move into the absolutes, you are putting bricks in the wall that will affect the relationship. Many times, those absolutes are writing names on the heart. Oh, come on, that you're going to start filtering. They're going to start filtering from there on out every conversation through that name, through that thing. Are y'all hearing me? So, so stay away from those things. All right, the book of James, go read it. Talk so much about the power of the tongue. Y'all know there is life and what? In the tongue. That, that's right. So, be angry. Do not, what? Do not sin. Do not sin. Hmm. And then the next phrase is, do not, I mean, these are, these are absolutes, all right? Do not let the what? Go down on your what? On your wrath or on your anger. Um, I want you to write this down. Um, 
a healthy conflict resolution in that timing is important. Can I get an amen? amen? Timing is important. He said, don't let the sun go down. You know, and, and he's literally saying, don't drag it out forever. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I love this. I, I went back and, and found it because, and, and I'm glad I did because there's a word. Uh, the Sixth Amendment to the Constitution actually says, the accused shall enjoy a speedy and public trial. <laughs> the word I had never recognized in that was, the accused shall enjoy. <laughs> That's interesting. The accused shall enjoy a what? Speedy and public trial. So here's what I'm saying. Don't hang them accused forever. Amen. Are y'all hearing me? Right? Don't hang them there forever. Don't keep them under the accusations forever. It's important to deal with it. There's a phrase that I've heard all of my life that time heals all wounds. That is a lie. Amen. That is a lie. Time may give you better perspective. Time cannot heal anything. It can't. And when it comes to conflict, most of the time, time, the longer the time between the problem, the conflict, and the resolution, the harder it is to find a resolution. And here's why. Because it's an open wound that the next thing gets stacked on top of, and the next thing gets stacked on top of, and the next thing gets stacked on top of until somebody explodes. Oh, come on. Y'all don't need to be churchy with me. I got it. All right? Right? Because unresolved conflict builds pressure. And we avoid it, and that builds more pressure, so we avoid it even more. Come on. Anybody? Right? Right? It builds. It only makes things worse. And then we get in a conflict, and because it wasn't dealt with, Things are said like, remember what you did back in 1979? <laughs> and if you're a guy, you're like, no, I don't remember. I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but she does. She remembers. <laughs> don't say amen. It's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so true. When, when conflicts and arguments happen, take a few minutes. Cool off. Get some perspective. Process a little bit. But go back. And deal with it swiftly, quickly, soon. Don't let it fester 
for days. I, I've, I've had so many couples we've counseled, and they're like, he hadn't even talked to me in two days. Well, have you talked to him? No. <laughs> it's his problem. Well, obviously not, because you're talking to me, all right? Um, all right. <laughs> and, and here, I want to give you a template. And this is the thing that every guy in the room and every lady in the room needs to hang on to this piece. If you don't hang on to any of the other fill-ins or anything else, you need this template. Because in the argument that may happen in the next 24 hours, you need to go say, wait just a minute. And then you read this before you start. Okay? Are y'all ready? All right, here it is. Here it is. The problem is, when that happened, I, I wasn't getting what I wanted. And, and when I heard you say, fill in the blank, it made me how I felt. Are y'all hearing me? And because I love you, and I don't want anything between us, let's talk about it. You're like, that is cheesy. No, it's, it's powerful. I don't care if you have to hold it in front of your face and read it. When conflict comes, and every good relationship's going to have some, bad relationships just have a lot more. And, and if, if you're in a bad relationship that needs to be, you may need to go tomorrow and get this tattooed on your arm so you don't forget it. All right? So you can say, just a second. The problem, the reason I got angry, the problem was I wasn't getting what I want. We got to own it. Are y'all hearing me? I wasn't getting what I want. And what I heard you say was you never do the dishes. And it made me mad because I washed my cereal bowl last Thursday. <laughs> you can say amen on that. It's okay. All right? <laughs> and because I love you, and this relationship is so important to me, I, I, I don't want there to be anything between us, so let's talk about it. Are y'all hearing me? This is so, so good and so important, and I'm telling you, it works. It works. It really, really, really does. I, I have learned that if I walk into conflicts just thinking, you know what? It's probably my problem. Even if deep down I know I'm right. Are y'all hearing me? I can know I'm right. But if I walk into it going, you know what, maybe I misunderstood. That's why I said, I heard you say, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute, all right, that, that even when I know it's not my fault, when I walk in and I approach it like, I, I know I didn't hear you right. I know I didn't hear you right. I know I really messed that up. 
And here's a helpful man. I have learned this the hard way. And I have walked through some incredibly difficult things with this. You may want to write it down. But it is so true. I say to them, in the middle of what could be heated, help me understand what I should have done. Help me understand what I should have done. Because here's what I know. When I approach it like, help me understand what I should have done. What happens is they start talking. And if they were at fault, they'll realize it as they're explaining to me. And they'll go, well, there really wasn't much you could have done. It was on me. Are y'all hearing me? But when I approach it like, help me understand what I could have done different. Help me. And then just shut your mouth and listen. Don't defend yourself. Just listen. All right? Listen. And I'm telling you, it will solve and resolve so many conflicts. Because my, my natural tendency used to be run from the conflict. Avoid it at all costs. But I have learned that if I step into it in a timely manner and with humility, I can still walk out of there as the hero. I'm just telling you. It works. And I may not be right. I may be wrong. But the way I handle it, if I handle it God's way, I still walk out as the hero. Are y'all hearing me? Because there's resolution. There's resolution. And then, and then look at this. Man, I've got to hurry. I've got to hurry. Nor give place to the... That's the rest of that, that verse. Nor give place to the devil. Do not give place to the devil. So write this down. Healthy conflict is, everybody say, resolved. Unresolved conflict gives a place for the devil to kill, steal, and destroy. All right? Unresolved conflict gives the devil a place to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm just going to read what God showed me because I could get off on a rabbit trail, but I'm going to read exactly the way I wrote it. Um, there are so many places in our culture that we give the devil room with open-ended conflicts. We do it politically, racially, even religiously, especially in social media. We throw out our opinions, our arguments, in a format that is impossible to resolve the conflict. So it gives room to the devil. And even when we're speaking truth, Satan uses the right or the truth for destruction and nobody wins. I'm going to read that one more time. There are so many places in our culture that we give the devil room with open-ended conflict. We do it politically, 
racially, even religiously, especially in social media. We throw out our opinions, our arguments in a format. Have you ever thought about it? That social media is a format that it is impossible to resolve the conflict. It's impossible. So it gives room to the devil. Even when we're speaking truth. I'm going to skip down because I want you to hear my heart. When it's face to face. I can say. I care about you. And I want to understand why you think the way you think. I, I want to know why you think so differently than what I know is true. But to throw it out there on Facebook and Instagram and all the others, it's an open-ended argument. That can never be resolved. Never. But when I sit down with that person face to face, I can say, you know what? The reason I'm here is that I care about you and I want to understand why you think that way. <laughs> and I'm just going to throw this out there because I've done way too much over the last 40 years. Marriage counseling specifically. Friend counseling. Listen to me, students. Friend, counseling, I will tell you absolutely 100% of the time. Dealing with a conflict through text messaging gives the devil an opportunity. Every time. Every time. Because when I'm trying to resolve an issue here, they don't see this. And the words, depending on what study you look at, the words are literally less than 20% of communication. So they are missing 80%. So I'm just going to say, when you try to resolve conflict like this, one is you're wimping out. You're a pansy. You're a wimp. Because I don't want to look them in the face. Because they might be right. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Aren't y'all glad you came to church? Isn't it good? Isn't it good? Yeah. <laughs> Ah, look at this, homie, I got to hurry. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full, what? Restoration. Encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be, what? Anybody want him with you? Amen. That's right. Let's jump to Genesis. I'm going to give you a crash course really quick. Because I think it's such a perfect example of what we're talking about. Conflict resolution is a heart thing. Everybody say it's a heart thing. It is a heart thing. And the story of Joseph, I believe, 
spells it out so, so clearly. This guy was put in a pit by his brothers, sold into slavery, got accused of doing something he didn't do, wound up in prison, guys in prison promised they would help him get out, they forgot him, he was stuck, finally, 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 <laughs> he was able to interpret, um, and, and this was 15 years of hell, 15 years of slavery and being in prison, 15 years of abuse, and finally he had the opportunity, God put him in a place where he could interpret a dream about a famine that was coming to Pharaoh. Pharaoh winds up putting him second in charge of the entire nation. He was in charge of all of the food supply, all the food chain, how they grew it, how they stored it to get ready for the famine. The famine hits, and it was bad. And, and, and he is, Joseph is, is doling out food to make it last through the famine. And one day he's doling out food you know, okay, you, these people can have this, this people, you just take, you know, this amount. Some guys walk up from another country, and, and they walk up, and Joseph recognizes them. These are my brothers that abused me. These are the brothers that put me in the pit. These are the brothers that, that put blood on my coat and convinced my dad a wild animal had killed me. These are the brothers that sold me into slavery. Because of these guys, I've spent 15 years of abuse and trauma, neglect, brokenness. 15 years and these guys come up needing some food. And they don't recognize their brother. If you're Joseph, what do you do? Oh, this is my opportunity to get back at them. Right? I mean, the only real question is, do I just have them killed? Or do I sell them into slavery so they feel what I went through? Oh, come on, y'all. Don't be churchy. I, I mean, what, what do you do? I, I want to show you a couple things very quickly. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? <laughs> After all of that, am, am I in the place of God? Don't worry, I, I'm not going to do anything to you because God's the judge and not me. Man. Obviously, long before, and there's so much about that, go back and read it and look at the names that he named his sons. They prove that long before he faced his brothers, he had allowed God to do a work in him. 
There was a heart work that was done. <laughs> that he had allowed God to take those names off of the breastplate of decision. Those names that had been put there through all of his trauma. I also think that Joseph had met with God while he was in prison because 15 years before this, he was an arrogant, cocky, punk 17-year-old kid. And now we see him 15 years later going, am I the judge? I'm not the judge. God, God is. God is. 15 years before, he was telling them, I'm dad's favorite. And one day, God says, you're going to bow down and worship me. But God had done a work in that boy's heart. And now it was like, am I the judge? I want you to write this down. In conflict resolution, he owned his part of the conflict. And then he let God be the judge. He let God work in him. And then he let God be the judge. He let God be the judge. <laughs> and, and, and I want... I want you to hear this, and I know I'm going to be crunched on time, but hang with me just for a minute because he was not looking at his brothers to heal his wounds. So often, I don't know who this is for, but I, I couldn't get away from it. So often we think, if I could just get them to apologize, I would be okay. If I could just get them to admit what they did, I, I would be okay. If they would just repent and make amends, then I would be okay. The truth is, though, them apologizing or them even getting what they deserve will never heal your heart. Ever. Are y'all hearing me? It will never. Matter of fact, write this down. The apology can help restore the relationship, but only God can really heal the heart. Come on. Only God can really heal the hurt, that heart thing. All right? And, and if we expect that person that we have a conflict with, that if, if, if that was fixed, then I would be okay you're putting pressure on that relationship that cannot happen. And they will disappoint you. The healing comes from the Lord. Come on, right? The truth is, resolution and healing can only come from God. Even if the relationship is not restored. You can still have healing. Because it comes from who? Are y'all with me? All right, all right. So, I love this. And, and the way we know what's inside of us is just like the psalmist says. He says, search me and know my heart, God. Show me if there's any wickedness in me. Let God shine the mirror on you before you put a light on them. And then, and then Joseph, I want you to look at this. I think it's the very next 
verse. Uh-oh, it's not working. I'm not sure why it's not working. He says, you intended to harm me. Now he's talking to his brothers. Am I the judge? I'm not the judge. God's the judge. But the truth is, you intended to harm me. All right? Now, now and, and I'm going to go ahead and read this. But God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. But I want you to focus on that top part, the, that you intended to harm me. Write this down. He was honest. Conflict resolution must be honest. He was like, I'm not the judge, but the truth is, you meant to harm me. You meant to hurt me. He was honest about it. The problem is we're normally one extreme or the other. We freak out, scream and yell and throw things, or we say nothing. But wisdom is in the middle. Are y'all hearing me? Wisdom is in the middle. And wisdom says, here's what I heard you say. Or here's what I saw you do. We don't avoid it. We just say, here's what I heard. And you know what? So many times when I would go to Susan and say, this is what I heard you say, she would be like, are you crazy? That's not what I said. Come on. How many of you know the way we are processing things often is different than the way it's said? Right? So wisdom says, here's what I perceive. You did this to hurt me. I'm not judging you, it's just a fact. It's just a fact. Here's what I heard, here's what I saw. <laughs> Man, so much, so much good stuff there. All right, we're going to go back. You intended it to harm me, but everybody say, but God. Come on, everybody say, but God. But God <laughs> intended it for what? good. Hmm. Write this down. Godly conflict resolution requires trusting God. You can't fix them. <laughs> you can't even fix yourself. So how arrogant to think that I can fix her. Come on, anybody? That's pretty arrogant because I can't fix me. Godly conflict resolution, it requires, everybody say requires. requires. <laughs> Trusting who? Uh, Trusting amen. God. Your plans weren't good for me, but God. But God took it and worked it, and he grew me, and he taught me what I couldn't see in the pit. <laughs> What I, I didn't know God was working. Hmm. What he's working in my pain and my brokenness and the dysfunctions. What Satan meant to destroy this family. God desires to work it for good. For the saving of many lives. Did y'all hear that? For the saving of of many lives even here this is the the bombshell right here even the saving of the lives 
of those that intended to do him harm.